United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Last week, the question went to the United States uh, and the press secretary at the White House, Kayleigh McEnany, about Belarus. We support international efforts to look independently into electoral irregularities, human rights abuses, and the government crackdown. And the massive number of Belarusians protesting peacefully makes clear that the government can no longer ignore the people's call for democracy. We have heard much about this lately. Let's make sense of it all, why we should know more about it. Donald N. Jansen is the director for Russia and Strategic stability at the U.S. Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at USIP, and he joins us. Donald, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Good morning. What is it, I guess, in, in a nutshell, we've seen a lot of protests, but what is the, what are the protests about, and what is, the, uh, what is, if you will, the state of the protesting right now in Belarus? Yes. Uh, a, 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 an obviously crooked election was held for the Russian, for, excuse me, for the Belarusian presidency, in uh, early August, it was uh, <laughs> falsified to ensure that the, the dictator, Alexander Lukashenko, won. And immediately, hundreds of thousands of Belarusians took to the streets and protesting. Almost every day, it continues, especially with uh, on Sunday with particular intensity, and they are demanding a redo of the elections and Lukashenko's departure. Uh, and uh, it's a very, very tense situation. The regime, is, with Russian assistance, is putting pressure on the opposition. And the question, of course, is, should we care here in the West and the United States, and what should we do about it? And my answer to both questions is, yes, we should, and yes, we should do something. But it's a very difficult situation for all, all parties, except perhaps for the Russians. Before we get to that, just talking about the situation, Mr. Lukashenko himself has been boldly strutting around with uh, full gear. In other words, he's been wearing a, a, a bulletproof vest. He's been brandishing a, a, a looks like an assault weapon as he is trying to, um, I guess, parade around and look really tough. I guess the question is, troops in some of the video I've been seeing are a little overwhelmed, and I wonder how they feel about trying to suppress their fellow countrymen. I mean, is this a moment for them, or are they totally loyal to Mr. Lukashenko? They're the ones who are going to have to keep charge, right? Exactly, exactly. I think they are, for now, loyal and not completely. And the question is always, if 100,000 people can be controlled, and these people so far cannot fully be controlled, what happens when it's 200,000 or half a million? So I think the reliability of the security forces is in some question. So far, they've held for the dictator, Lukashenko. But the Russians are, I think, pretty certainly quietly infiltrating their the ranks of the security forces to make sure that they don't lose their nerve. And, and that's really what we've seen in the last week or two, which is the, the Russians quietly closing the vice on, on the situation. They don't want to provoke violence, the Russians, or neither does Lukashenko, but they want to be tough, uh, dissuade the West from getting, into, uh, from getting involved, and make sure that the regime transition, if it occurs, goes with Moscow's agreement and support. What happens if Lukashenko goes away? I mean, what fills the void? Well, I think that's what you're watching this week. Uh, Putin and Lukashenko meet on the 10th. I think what Moscow probably wants is to prop him up now and then 
uh, engineer a quiet transition, maybe two or three months, six months. But either way, Lukashenko will not disappear. He will sort of uh, fade gradually. And I think Moscow is pretty confident it can control the outcome if they have a new constitution and if they can redo the elections, uh, which I think Moscow is confident that they will find a candidate who really is beholden to Moscow. So for now, Lukashenko is being pushed into Moscow's arms, but I think the longer term, uh, it would include almost certainly a replacement with a new leader with the fig leaf of a presidential election, in quotes, to make it look legitimate, not only to the Belarusians, but to the West. Donald Lynn Jensen with us, Director for Russia and Strategic Stability at the United States Institute of Peace. Is there a strategic threat to the U.S. in the region? Well, actually, there very much is, because uh, part of this package where Russia is uh, closing its, its, its grip may likely, I would say may probably will include bolstered Russian military bases in Belarus. The so-called NATO threat to Russia, which does not exist, is used by the Kremlin to justify a tough line. I think this, if they expand Russia's military presence, which is already there, but expanded significantly, I think you're going to see a much more forward projection of Russian power against NATO to the, to the west. And looking to the south, this will allow uh, Russia to exert more military pressure on Ukraine, which is our ally, of course, and which has already been re- resisting Russian interference. So there's very much a, a security and strategic interest the West has in making sure that Belarus is uh, independent from Moscow. Uh, it's going to be an uphill fight, however, and I'm not particularly optimistic that at this moment it's, uh, our uh, preferences and our strategy is going to work. I- as we heard at the top of our conversation, uh, Donald, the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, had said the United States government is in full support of those individuals, etc. But one gets the sense that President Trump is loath to go uh, against uh, Vladimir Putin in, in almost any policy area. I wonder, what's your sense of the amount of resolve that this administration has to stand with the people of Belarus? Well, I can only go by the public statements, which are support for the opposition. I would also note that uh, Stephen Began, who is uh, uh, number two, really, in the State Department to uh, Secretary Pompeo, made a very important trip recently to the region to show, show our support for the opposition, to, to talk to uh, our allies in NATO, Lithuania as in particular, where he met one of the uh, Belarusian opposition leaders, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, and I think that was very reviewed by the Belarusian, oppos- Belarusian opposition as an important show of U.S. for, the, for the, their cause and for the opposition. The problem really is Belarus is next to Russia, and our levers are relatively uh, uh, weak compared to having the big bear to the east. Is Russia, though, and Vladimir Putin somewhat weakened by the response that that government has had to coronavirus? In other words, he is having his own problems at home, is he not? The poisoning of Alexei Navalny, also another mark against uh, President Putin. Absolutely. Excellent question. I would point out there are demonstrations still in the Far East, Khabarovsk. There's not only, as you said, the poisoning of Navalny. And I, I think the effect of this, however, is not to weaken the regime, which in some ways it may be, the effect is to steal the resolve of the Kremlin to uh, fight and combat and push back against what it sees as threats to the regime. Russian behavior is, uh, 
in a major way driven by its view of the world and its sense that the regime is vulnerable. And they see the U.S. as the enemy, they see NATO as the enemy, and they put this mix of elements that you described accurately together, and they see that ultimately the Kremlin and Russia itself may be threatened by what's going on in Belarus. And uh, Putin does not want a so-called colored revolution in Moscow, although the situations are quite different. He also doesn't want a situation in Ukraine where it has come to a military stalemate with Russian involvement and Russian intervention, really pushing Ukraine to the West. He doesn't want that. So what they're doing instead is, is uh, you might call it a so-called hybrid kind of operation, turning the screws economically on Belarus, uh, and it propping up Lukashenko so he's more dependent on Moscow and then reinforcing the security structures to make sure that they are remain loyal to Lukashenko and ultimately uh, to their Russian patrons. As is so often the case of work in progress. Donald N. Jensen. Donald, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Thank you. Donald N. Jensen is director for Russia and strategic stability at the U.S. Institute of Peace. The way forward with Belarus and the protests against the government there, and specifically the president, and of course the role of Russia and the U.S. in this issue. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.